international students from India are now paying more to Ontario colleges than the provincial government, according to a new report. Now, the amount that students from India pay into Ontario's college system has been growing for years, but 2023-2024 was the first year that it topped government Dollars. Those are the findings from a new study called the State of Post-Secondary Education in Canada. It's published by Higher Education Strategy Associates. Alex Usher is the co-author of the report, and he joins us now. Alex, thank you for speaking to us today. Pleasure. Uh, did the findings surprise you? Uh, and what I mean by that is the fact that uh, uh, Indian students are outpacing the Ontario government in, in, in funding colleges. Uh, it wouldn't surprise many people who are paying attention in Ontario. I don't think most people, many people outside Ontario pay attention to Ontario colleges. Um, look, the provincial government funds the average college student at 44% of the level that the other nine provinces do. Those colleges are hugely underfunded. Um, and not only that, but it has reduced tuition for domestic students and then, and then kept it. Uh, frozen during a period of very high inflation. So what you've seen is that the the ability of Ontario colleges to get money from domestic sources has been eroding very quickly over the last five years, and they weren't well-funded to begin with. So what they did was they turned to uh, students from abroad, and I think uh, you know five years ago, B.C. probably would have beat Ontario in terms of the number of, uh, you know, the percentage of the college students who came from abroad. And Ontario has just gone haywire. I think the the best estimates for this year are that 53% of college students in Ontario are from overseas, and well over half of those are from India. So in a broad sense, uh, no, I was not surprised. I knew we'd get here eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what the, the 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 math shows you is just you know this this is the year it happened, but it was inevitable the way the path was going. Uh, now, in 2013, uh, Canada had about 225,000 international students, and now we're hovering around 900,000. So in 10 years, a significant increase. So, so I think the question is, can we wean ourselves off this funding model? Yes, but it would require a reversal of about 45 years' worth of policy from provincial governments. Um, we topped out in terms of public funding of education at about uh, 2% of gross domestic product in the early 19 and mid 1970s, and it's been going down very slowly every year. Um, and it's not, you know, it, not everybody's at the same place. Ontario is clearly in a different kind of category. BC and Nova Scotia would be the next two you know, sort of lowest funded provinces, mm-hmm. and then you know, the other provinces are kind of above them. But everybody's heading in Ontario's direction. The question is just how fast they're going to get there. Um, unless, like I say, you start changing some policies around either domestic tuition fees or, or domestic uh, you know, spending on universities and colleges or both. Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, also, I mean, I'm sure you're having the same conversation in Ontario. The other conversation here is where do all these students live? That it is, uh, at least anecdotally, huh. Uh, many are saying that it is just ca- leading to a fight for simple housing where you have students, you know, renting, uh, you know, six to, to an apartment, sometimes even more, but it ultimately is leading to, uh, you know, a huge uptick in rent. I think in BC here or in Vancouver, uh, the average rent now for a one-bedroom in the city of Vancouver is, is just over $3,000. So uh, I, yep. are you seeing the same thing in Ontario? Uh, Toronto, the levels are about the same, and certainly... 
Uh, what you're seeing in most of the big cities in Canada are growth, is, is growth of about 25% in rent, uh, a rise in rent of about 25% over the last two years. Calgary is higher, not because of students, but just Calgary, Calgary grew by 100,000 people last year. <laughs> like, which is, you know, that's pretty amazing. That's sort of 8% of their population in one year. And rents went up by 50%. Um, and so, you're, you know, I think we have a, a general issue of immigration, and some of it is permanent immigrants, and some of it is short-term immigrants, like students. And uh, combined with the fact that we have uh, just a terrible record of building housing in this country, um, you know, those two things combine to make things uh, difficult. But I think the other thing I want to, I, I think is important to mention is yes, it's true that in, the international students have a terrible time finding housing and they, and are often living in very substandard conditions and, um, you know, rotating through the same, you know, three, three people uh, uh, sharing a bed in kind of eight hour rotations. You, you see that kind of thing happening. You see people living out of their cars. I saw something. Uh, today about sort of tent encampments that have sprouted up at a couple of Ontario colleges. Um, but everybody pays these. It's not just students or immigrants that are paying these higher prices. It's anybody who's renting. And so what we do, the position that I think some colleges are putting some communities in, is basically they're, they're taxing local residents. They're saying, we need these students' money, mm-hmm. their tuition money. But in fact, everybody is going to pay more not to the institution directly, but because the institution has caused uh, rental prices to rise. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's very good for town-gown relations. No. Um, now, what I also find interesting uh, is that, you know, uh, prior to all of this, uh, last year the federal government um, eliminated the 20-hour-a-week limit on work by international students, so they can work a lot more. Uh, a lot more are coming here. In the case of India, these, these students are not rich. It's mm-hmm. mom and dad probably mm-hmm. leveraging every bit of dollar that they have to get them here. Uh, but we to somewhat argue we've turned our public educational institutions and certainly our private ones into diploma mills. I mean, this cannot be overall a good thing for our education system either. So I think, I, I, so I get a little, uh, I push back a little bit on this diploma mill thing. I don't mm-hmm. think there's much, um, I don't think there's much as solid evidence yet that the, the education the students are getting is that different from what they would have been getting four or five years ago. I think people have got some uh, ideas about what goes on in private colleges, uh, you know, prejudices maybe, but those private colleges, at least in Ontario, most of them are teaching public, public college curriculums, right? There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a subcontracting arrangement where the, the private college takes all these students from India and you know they're they're teaching a public college's curriculum, and the students are getting a public college diploma and all that kind of stuff, right? So I, you know, I'm I'm not convinced about the diploma mill thing. I still think I still think it's a reasonably good idea to say, let's find young people from around the world who really want to be here, make sure they get a gr- a good education while they're here, and then we give them a path to citizenship. It's not clear to me that that idea is wrong. I think the pace at which we're pursuing it might be a little misguided, mm-hmm. but I think the basic idea, you know, is not, uh, it isn't one we should throw out too quickly. Now, it seems that like based on the comments we've been hearing recently, the federal government is finally getting that message. Do you see them uh, hitting the brakes a little bit, uh, easing, easing some of these numbers to, to bring them down to a much more manageable level? It's hard to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I, the idea that I've heard bandied around is around capping the number of student visas. 
And that's difficult for any number of reasons, because as soon as you cap the number of visas, you have to figure out how to ration them. And almost every way you can think of of rationing just becomes incredibly complicated very quickly. I think if what we want to do is, as you say, tap the brakes, um, the way to do that is probably for the federal government to make it a little bit less um, uh, attractive to study here. And that'll be difficult for them because they've been thinking, how do I make it more attractive for you know, the last 10 or 15 years? But mm-hmm. um, I mean, the obvious thing is, yes, you could make it a little bit more difficult for students to work while they're here. That would make Canada less attractive. They could start charging students uh, or institutions, I guess, for study visas. You know, if you slap a $5,000 tax on, on every visa processed, um, that'll gum up the works pretty quickly. So those are, and those are kinds of things that they could do very quickly without talking to the provinces. They could, you know, they could implement tomorrow if they wanted to. Um, uh, so I think that would be the more productive way to go. Um, yeah, because I think the idea of caps just becomes very unworkable very quickly. But ultimately, we are going to have to find a solution here, and relatively quickly, uh, just because of the impact it's having on on municipalities, as you say, uh, and I, perhaps someone could argue even the broader perception uh, of the Canadian public when it comes to our immigration system. I think that's probably true, um, and I think the fact that the cabinet, uh, the federal cabinet, decided to make a big show of talking about both student visas and housing at the same time at their cabinet retreat a couple of weeks ago in, in Charlottetown. I think that tells you that we're going to see some uh, significant moves within the next six months. Um, you know, how much of it is, is sort of, you know, knee jerk, you know, put the brakes on and, and how much of it is, is you know, more thoughtful, um, long term discussions that involve provinces and municipalities. I don't know. Uh, but yes, I think there's there certainly is something. There is a change coming soon. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Okay, take care.